I had this a great mentor and I always felt like I went to church when, you know, at a business conference, like your heart changes while you're there. You're not the same. I don't want my audience to leave the same the way they came in. Mm-hmm. And anyone can get up there and preach and say five ways to do this or 10 ways to do that, or this is how you send emails. Um, we can get most of that on Google. The reason why you're there is because it, there's also a um, performance element and a connection element. It's not a lecture that you're going to at, at, in college, you know? And there's, there's all these elements that it, you, you got to tap people's hearts. It's what they're going to remember. It's how did that person make me feel? And I will always remember that speaker. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, Dan Moyle. Welcome, storytellers. I'm your host, your guide, your librarian, your counterperson, your reader reading alongside you. I'm Dan, and I love story. And I love sharing stories of those storytellers who I admire, some I'm just getting to know along with you, and some that I'm just getting to know better, and that's the case today. I believe in the power of story because it connects us. It's what makes us human from culture to business to learning. Story is critical to our communication. And after more than a hundred conversations about it, I believe that more firmly now than I did before. What better way to learn how to do it all better than to hear from expert storytellers from all walks of life. Now, before we get into that conversation today, a nudge to go visit the website, thestorytellersnetwork.com for past episodes with amazing storytellers, links to resources to help you tell a better story and contact information for me if you want that, thestorytellersnetwork.com. All right, now for the show. Bella Vasta is in Phoenix, Arizona, and she lives with her daughter, Olivia, and her rescue mix, Rocco the Rockstar. Now, way back in 2002, she began this pet sitting company which ended up, and she says on, by accident, which I, I love that part of the story, but it went on to be nationally and locally award-winning until she finally sold it in 2016. Now, she also has, I uh, mentioned to Olivia, she has a, an amazing story about Olivia and how that uh, helped her to get into business coaching and her message there and her why about that. She has a great blog, a podcast called Bella in Your Business, a YouTube channel, and a speaking career, and her motto is always keep jumping. So if I piqued your interest, you're in for a treat. Let's get to Bella's stories. Bella Vasta, welcome to the Storytellers Network. Thank you for making time out of your busyness to spend time with us, man. Well, you know what they say, Dan, you make time for the things that you find important in life. So it wasn't hard to make time for you. <laughs> well, thank you. So Bella, we we met, uh, as I said in my intro, we met uh, just last year only. So I'm, I know you, but not all that well. So I'm really excited about this. Um, you're an author, you're a speaker, you're a coach. Do you consider yourself a storyteller also? You know, it's funny. No, I don't. But um, as we were talking in the pre-interview, I was like, huh, I guess I do tell a lot of stories. And, um, and, I, and I, I'm excited for this interview because I've never actually gotten to talk about or, or bring it to consciousness, conscious level, right? Because I think that 
um, as humans, we just naturally tell stories, but don't realize what we're doing. And, and perhaps if we can harness it and realize what we're doing, take it to that conscious level, we could be even more effective. Right. And why do you think we're such natural storytellers? What is it the story? What is it about story that makes us do that? Um, I would say a lot of things. I, I would say that it comes, it goes back to prehistoric times sitting around the campfire, right? It's just like ingrained in our DNA. Um, but I also think that, uh, stories, um, they, they do a lot of things. One, um, sometimes people just want to be heard. And so they'll tell stories, right? Sometimes people want to show off or they want to be validated. Um, those are like the egotistical ways, right? But then, um, from a, from um, a different perspective, I think that we tell stories because it's just an easy way to connect with people. Uh, sometimes they show our vulnerability. Uh, if we really want to be able to, you know, open up the, the, the space for vulnerability for that other person to also connect with us. Um, it, it, uh, it does so many things. I mean, it could, it could provide motivation. It can provide inspiration. It can provide hope. It could provide, um, caution. Don't do this. I did this. There are, endless amounts of reasons why I think we tell stories. But again, I don't think we necessarily do it consciously unless we're on stage and we're actually crafting a presentation maybe. So speaking of stage, uh, I mentioned you're, you're a speaker and, and as we're recording this, you're getting ready for a big one coming up, Social Media Marketing World. Um, it is, and I, I was looking at your book earlier today and stuff as in my research. Do you have a favorite way to tell a story? Now that we're kind of like, Okay, Bella, you're a storyteller. Yeah. Do you have a favorite way that you love telling a story? Is it through social media? Is it on stage? Is it through video? Is it through your book? What do you think? Got it through a platform. Okay, I'm going to be really honest. I'm going to say it definitely wasn't through the book. I did the book because people told me I needed to write a book. I needed to be an author. It was going to it was going to establish me more, you know, and I hated every minute of that process. <laughs> I love that. I love and that. And I will never write another book again. Um, if mm-hmm. we're talking about the ways to deliver a message, I, oh, put me in a stadium full of people and hook that mic pack up on me and I will go to town. Like that is, that's my dream, like to mm-hmm. speak to a stadium. Um, but until I get there, because I will get there, um, I am just continuously working on honing in my craft and understanding how to, um, uh, take the, the listeners, the, the, the audience, the other person, depending on what the situation is on that journey. So it's really easy for me to go up to like level 10 and stay there. But I understand that can also create a lot of audience or, um, um, or, or just, you know, interpersonal fatigue, you know, Mm. you can't, blast people with it. So you naturally, I think you have to craft some of your stories to have some ebbs and flows and ups and downs and excitement and, and, and delight and depression, you know, in a way, if that's even the right word, if that makes sense. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're always up, it's exhausting. If you're always down, it's exhausting. You've got to have peaks and valleys to bring people back. Right. And, it, and it's hard as a speaker sometimes because you get so excited and you're so passionate about what you're talking about, mm-hmm. but you've got to remember that it's not just you like, like, you know, verbal vomit all over mm-hmm. the person that's listening or the right. audience that's listening that you really need to like give it to them in bite sizes so that they can digest it and they can enjoy it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so where you said hone your, hone your craft, that's what you're working on right now. Where do you go for that? Who inspires you to to, to be better? 
Oh my God. Like everyone. I'm the kind of person <laughs> that I feel like everything around me is a lesson um, or a blessing. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so everything, honestly, from church and I'm like, Oh, that was a good sermon. And sometimes I'll like, I'll break down how my, uh, how the pastor is like saying something or how he'll ad lib or, um, how he'll use his body to tell the story too, you know? Um, sometimes I'll, I'll go very formal. I've taken uh, classes with, um, online with Michael and Amy Port. I love them. I think they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some mentors over the years too that have sat down with me and helped me plan and craft it. Most recently, I'm really excited and interested in um, NLP, uh, mm-hmm. the neurolinguistic stuff. And, um, and I'm actually just signed up for an entire week long course to go to this like retreat, this house in San Diego. Like that's how committed I am. I just, I feel like we can always be learning. And I know that I've been told I'm a good storyteller, but, um, I think we're always our own worst critic and I know where my shortcomings are and practice doesn't necessarily make perfect, but practice helps. You know what I mean? And, and there's just so many different things. Like one thing I'll always have taken from Michael Port, and it's funny, we just, um, my business partner and I just, just filmed 12 videos in one day. We had a production crew come in and I, I was playing director when I wasn't on screen. And one of the times I was like, nope, you got to cut me. We got to do that again. Cause I started pointing at the camera mm-hmm. instead of like, doing that political, you know, like almost kissed kind of thing, you know? And I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to point at them because I know how excited I am, but I was conscious of how that might've been received, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that storytelling isn't necessarily just about our words, Dan. It's, it's about um, our body language. If you can see it, um, it's about the inflection. It's about the tone. It's about uh, the feeling behind it. Um, you know, all of the imagery, all of that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I can see exciting, right? <laughs> and, I, and I can see why you want to be on stage. You have this presence about you. I mean, we've spent time in, together in person. We're recording over video. I can see you getting excited. So I can completely see you at ease and at home on a stage because of all those different layers of storytelling. So very cool. Um, and, and, yeah, and, I, and I love that you're talking about all these different things and how to be a better storyteller. You can take things from parallel industries. You can take it from other coaches. Um, I need to introduce you to Arthur Joseph. Uh, I'll, I'll make a note for that one. Um, so Bella, you're, I, I also see you as this connector, right? I, I when, when we met at inbound in Boston, it, you, you were, you were welcoming, you were authentic, you were open, you were kind, and you were just like, everybody's my friend without being like that ridiculous partier of like, everybody's my friend. Woo. You know, <laughs> You were very much open arms. Everyone's my friend. And you made a connection for me personally with, with Chris Strub. And you were doing that for others. Like, oh, I, need, I want you to meet so-and-so. You brought to one of the parties a guy that I think you had just met on the street that was a rap, rapper, right? <laughs> did, did you know him ahead of time? Like, no, I didn't. <laughs> so you're just like, you just, you come across to me as a very giving spirit and like you want to make those connections. So, so with, that, with all that said, not, not to just like laud things on you, uh, compliments. Um, do you oh, no, think- keep coming keep coming <laughs> that's good right um i'll promote i'll promote this podcast so well for you no, you can use all that for testimonials on your website there you go but with that in mind that connector i mean is yeah. that also why maybe you're you are called a natural storyteller because like you're making those connections and that's what that's what story is 
Yeah. So, um, it's so interesting that you see this because I think one of the coolest things that we can do just as entrepreneurs or people in this world is self-development, right? And you saying this just kind of really makes me reflect on what I, I, I do do it very naturally. And it's something that gets me really excited. I have so many stories <laughs> that I could tell you about connecting people together because my brain's always working of like, how can I help this person? You know? So it was really natural for me when, um, I had recently spoken with Chris Strub, who, um, is, uh, the 50 States, uh, 50 days, um, 50 States, hundred days guy, uh, the giving guy he's into, he's into a lot of nonprofits, but he's also a writer for Forbes for nonprofit. And when you and I were talking somehow, um, I think I actually just asked, did I ask you? I said, do you know any nonprofits? And you're like, yeah, actually I work with one. And then you told me about it. Yeah. 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 That sounds about right. Yeah. I think I was just getting curious. And I think that's, I think that's part of what happens with connection and, and you just get curious and you ask people questions about them. And in fact, at most of these conferences, because what pays my bills right now is um, I'm a consultant in the pet industry. I help scale pet sitting and dog walking companies from four and five figures to seven figures. And so most of the time when I'm at these conferences, Dan, I'm probably not going to help you. And I don't do one-on-one consulting where I exchange time for money anymore, even though like I could, right? It's just not my business model. And so I get really curious about other people because I'm not there to be like, hi, I'm Bella and I'm a business coach and I help pet sitting and dog walking companies because I know that you are not going to be my people, right? right? But I see value in it based off of who are you? How, I mean, look, we met in September and now we're sitting here doing this podcast and this podcast, of course, is helping your audience and, and giving you a guest, right? But it's also, honestly, a really incredible way for me to start my day because I get to talk and pour into and have these intellectual reflection conversations that, that take me from being in my own head and being alone all day in my office to like, you give me this burst of energy and it all just started from getting curious because I knew George B. Thomas and you happen to be sitting at the table. And then it just, it was like wild wildfire. And it didn't, it didn't hurt that you, your whole crew was absolutely amazing and welcoming as well. Cause it takes two people, right. Mm-hmm. For that connection to happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm very fortunate to be working uh, alongside George and working at impulse and uh, yeah, a great crew for sure. Um, so you, you, so you mentioned coaching. That's part of what you do. I watched your speaker reel as part of my research, because again, we've had conversations, but I was like, I want to really find out more about Bella. And I love in your speaker reel, the story that you tell about why you coach business owners and executives where their business is predicated on their being there. So let's go, let's go back to that. Can you, for listeners, can you give them that story? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, um, uh, Um, I'm trying to figure out how to do this really, really short. So in 2014, um, I found out I was pregnant in January and I was so excited about it that I literally stood in my, in my family room and I said, Oh my gosh, God, why do I have to wait nine months? Can't we hurry this up? Oh Oh my gosh. You gotta be careful what you say because six months later at 28 weeks, five days, I had one of the world's smallest babies in the planet. She was born at 12 ounces, 10 inches, which is an inch shorter than a Barbie doll, 
or like a can of Coke. Okay. And everybody said that she would, she wouldn't live, that she wouldn't survive another Testament to faith. If there's any, you know, uh, faithful people out there, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or Garth Brook fans, God answers, uh, or unanswered prayers, unanswered prayers you know? right? Uh, my prayer was always, please God, let her grow inside of me. And she didn't, and she wouldn't. And so we scheduled a C-section rather than wait for her to go into distress and have to be like, you know, emergency. And she stayed small and mighty because that's what could her, she could sustain her body with. If she grew, she wasn't getting enough nutrients. My placenta had died, like part of my placenta died. So it was really incredible. So I, at the time had a six figure, 10 employee pet sitting company. And I was, I was so grateful that I had a, a job that I wasn't like, Hey, Mr. Boss or Mrs. Boss, can I, can I have maternity leave or can I have extra days off? Because I was literally fighting for my daughter's life for 153 days, six months every day in NICU, Dan. And I would be there eight to 10 hours a day. And I can't tell you how many people were on her team and how emotionally draining it was. But I was, I had this, this pet sitting company that I had spent at the time, 12 years building that if I didn't have employees by that time, I would have lost it all. Two years later, I was able to sell that company for six figures. And it was really able to really help catapult and, and play into a lot of my, my personal goals. Right. But that could have been destroyed if I stayed in my head and I didn't hire or I didn't have systems. Maybe I hired, but I didn't have systems that could run without me in them. So what I say to business owners a lot of the time is what would happen what is going to happen when a catastrophe strikes in your life? Because at some point, business owners, something's going to happen to you or someone you love. You're going to know someone going through cancer. You're going to have a death. You're going to have a sickness, an illness, um, a change in life, a, a just a mental state, maybe depression, maybe a divorce. Mm-hmm. Something is going to happen to you or someone mm-hmm. you love, and you are not going to want to give a dang about your business for a period of time. Can your business run without you in it? Can I come into your business right now and look at uh, SOPs or workflows or, or instructions on what needs to happen on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis to keep it in check and running? And, and I just, I feel like we're building such a beautiful asset and we, and most business owners are putting their blood, sweat and tears into it yet. It's not bulletproof. So what I say to sum it up is, is your business catastrophe proof? Mm -hmm. When I say catastrophe, I mean life because it will happen. And so Mm -hmm. that, that's my major premise, you know, and I use my story. I don't, it's really interesting how I I do use Olivia. That's my daughter um, to kind of draw home that point because it does connect with audiences. But when I went through it, I also said, you know what, God, like, I'm not going through this with a silent mouth. Like I'm going to shout it from the rooftops. And I have, I hate to say the word used, but like, when I say use, I don't mean for like my benefit. I mean to like kind of prove a point and connect with people and approve that, you know, guys have been through stuff. Um, most recently I have been through a divorce and that also is going to be part of this whole thing and eventually one day. And it, it's part of my story. Um, but to that point, and then I'm going to stop talking <laughs> is, <laughs> is I, I heard from, um, Pete, um, oh gosh, what's his name? He's a, he's a speaking coach. Um, really Pete great. 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, He said, you know, you don't want to tell a story on stage until you've been all the way through it. And it's so true because Mm -hmm. it can also be a little uncomfortable for the audience if you can't stand strong in that story and also bring it to a conclusion. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So that was something else that I learned. Like I said, I I mean, I learned from so many people and I take so many nuggets everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, that's my story and that's how I use it. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And how, you know, it's just like, I wanted to, to, to illustrate how important the story is and why it connects us. And as, as we're sitting there listening to that, you know, as you're on stage and, and we're listening to that, we're at a business conference and you could just tell us five steps to catastrophe proof your business. Okay, fine. Great. Whatever. Yeah. But as I hear about your story and hear about your daughter and how you went through that, and I can think about my daughters and I can think about what I like. It connects us. It's that empathy card. And yeah. that's going to stick with me in addition to the lessons, but maybe even more important than the lessons. The fact that I know that I'm not alone and that I want to make this happen. Um, so yeah, that's really. <laughs> yeah, when I speak, I feel like it's, um, I, I had this, a great mentor and I always felt like I went to church when, you know, at a business conference, like your heart changes while you're there. You're not the same. I, I don't want my audience to leave the same, the way they came in. Mm-hmm. And anyone can get up there and preach and say five ways to do this or 10 ways to do that, or this is how you send emails. Um, we can get most of that on Google. The reason why you're there is because it, there's also a um, performance element and a connection element. It's not a lecture that you're going to at, at, in college, you know, and there's, there's all these elements that it, you, you got to tap people's hearts. It's what they're going to remember. It's how did that person make me feel? And I will always remember that speaker, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and at the end of the day, um, so I want to help people catastrophe proof their business, but at the end of the day, I don't want to just motivate people. I want to inspire them to change because at the end of the day, I get so excited when people come back to me and they're like, Oh my gosh, Bella, that worked. Or you said this and I went and did this and it changed my business or it changed my life. It is the most rewarding feeling, um, outside of my daughter or outside of my family. It's the most (laughs) rewarding feeling ever. And, um, I was reminded the other day I was in earshot of this person who said, she was on the phone talking to someone. She's like, just, just keep the job. Remember why you're there. You know, you need to pay this bill. And I just like, it just hit me. Like someone just sucker punched me in the stomach. And I was like, Oh, what a, like it, it not, I'm, I'm so euphoric so much of the time. Like I'm so, I feel so lucky to do what I love to do every single day that I almost forget that there's people out there that are doing things just to survive because they need to. And mm-hmm. I just feel like it's my, my duty because I have the energy to do it because I, I don't mind making a fool of myself. I don't mind mess, mincing up my words. I don't mind being judged to a point to get out there and really just let people know that they can do it, that they don't have to be reactionary. I'm sorry, I'm going to start preaching now, but they don't have to be reactionary to life. They, they can be in control of their life. They can sit there and put those big rocks in the jar first, the, the most important things, and then let the little rocks fall behind them. What I mean by that is, is not being like, okay, well, I hope I can go meet you for lunch tomorrow, Dan, but we'll see how my business goes. We'll see how my life goes. And if I have time for you, I will. Like, what a horrible way to live life. What a horrible right. way to, to project on other people that you might be too busy for them. 
Um, I'm doing a book mm-hmm. club right now with 150 business owners and it's on the E-Myth Revisited. And I had them write their eulogy. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are people going to say about you? Oh, this is the person that um, I used to know her, but she's always busy with her business. <laughs> or right. this is the person who, wow, she built a really great empire. And then she was able to go on and do her life's work. And I see so many of my seven figure business owners doing that right now. And it's so exciting because, um, shoot, I don't even know if this is about storytelling anymore, but storytelling can move people to this, Dan. You know, when you, when you show people that there's a different, there's a different way of life that you can expand their horizons, give them that bigger picture through those stories, through that inspiration, you can move people to their greatness. Most people are, are suffocated by everyday life. And when, when you can free up your time and you're like, shoot, I got the time and the, uh, the monetary and, and the, the timely freedom to do what I want, what do I really want to do? And you have enough downtime and enough silence to think, what is my gift? What can I do for this world? You know? Mm-hmm. And then you see people doing amazing things. Yeah, they have this business. It's running on their own. But now they're doing this other thing that's like helping the world. And wow, I just feel like that's the pinnacle of amazingness. Storytelling can help show people that potential that mm-hmm. could be in them. Wow. And, how, and how cool is it that we're there at this point in our humanity, humanity history? We're like, you know, out of the industrial revolution and all the manufacturing and everything that we've come to this place where this is becoming a reality for more people. Not everyone can, and, that's, and, and I get that. And not everyone. I say, listen to this. I say they can. You want to hear a story? Yeah, bring Here's it up. Here's a story. There is a guy and a gal in New England who um, they have made millions of dollars in the winter and in the fall in New England by shipping snow in water bottles around the country to people who will buy snow and shipping three, like, dead foliage leaves leaves to people for like 40 bucks for three dead leaves just so they can have the nostalgia um of fall and 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 winter and and businesses corporations have bought boxes of these leaves for parties and stuff and these people have made millions of dollars only at this time of year so if you can sell snow and dead leaves <laughs> Yes, we are in the best time ever. You need to just have an online presence and a, sh- a drop ship and, and oh my gosh, like had I known that, had I known that a poop scooping company could make six figures, right. I would have started that when I had the, 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 the childhood chore of picking up the dog poops. I now have <laughs> a kidding. poop scooper. I mean, I really think that anyone can do anything and that's one of my stories. That's one of my missions. Like, no. Anyone can do anything. You just have to make it happen. Right. Get up off your butt and make it happen. And Man, that's I, what I want. I just want to push everyone to be like, no, everyone really can do it if they want to do it. We, we have like the best, the best time ever right now. The best time ever because mm-hmm. of, of, you know, these phones that are these computers that we walk around with. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. Super computer I'm excited. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm too excited. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Goodness. I love it. I love <laughs> if it. If anyone's <laughs> listening to this right now, go ahead and tag me and let me know how you're feeling right now. Cause I want to know if I'm just totally crazy or if I'm exciting you or inspiring you. Uh, 
Well, I can tell you that you're exciting me. And, and, I, and I wish that I thought of that being in Michigan. We have all kinds of snow and leaves that I often get to the point where I hate them. And like, oh, genius. But anyway, that's amazing. We, it really is the most amazing time. And I think that's – so one of my questions oftentimes with storytellers is how has social media changed the crap of storytelling? Because, I, because there, there is such a way to connect now, but also it maybe it hinders storytelling. Yeah. Maybe it makes us more creative. I love you know, when Vine first hit the scene. Mm-hmm. like six second stories. How can you do that? And yet there's the old, I don't even know if it's true or not, but supposedly Hemingway, you know, wrote that six word short story, uh, baby shoes for sale, never worn. <laughs> right. Like, like how can you do that? And yet we can do that. Um, I mean, how do you see, in addition to what we just talked about, like how do you see social media in particular changing what storytelling means to us? Such a good question. Um, so it, it, it instantly made me think of last night. Um, so I told you, uh, I'm going through a divorce or I actually went through one and, um, I've also started dating someone else and, um, we've been going on these trips and going to the dunes and I have a DJI Osmo, which is like a tiny little camera that's on a gimbal. And I, and I make these like three minute movies right and it's like little pans of like the whole time and set it to music and although i'm not ready to go and i mean i'm talking about it now but um although i'm not ready to go digital with it right um so i cut out certain things that are identifying in there and i still post that video on my facebook page and like last night i was just feeling really emotional over it in a way of i felt a lot of gratitude um, of my life that I could go and do that. I felt really happy that, um, I just said, yes, that it scared the crap out of me at first. Okay. 100% terrified. Mm -hmm. And, um, it taught me lessons about trust. I had to trust the driver, you know, I had to trust like the whole thing. And, and it was, and it was thrilling. And it, and again, it, it can be really lonely as an entrepreneur. And then as a single mom, you know, and it's like, I could give you a hundred reasons why, I, no, I shouldn't go and do whatever. But so what I did is I took this and I was reflecting on how can I give to people and still like not use this, but I wanted to share it with the world, but I didn't want to be like, Hey, look at me. I got to do something cool. Right. So I prefaced it in a way that I basically, I talked about saying yes. I talked to, we went into a helicopter before I could even, before I could even like say no, or, oh my gosh, this is like not safe or something. We're up, up and away, you know? Mm. And I'm so excited that, that we did it. And, and so I went to social media and I posted, you know, I wasn't ready to fully tell the world or show the world exactly what's personally going on in my life. Right. But at the same time, I used it to kind of teach a lesson. And that was on the gratitude and the saying, yes. Um, when I, um, when I did get the divorce too, I, I knew I was going to get questions just because of like, you know, a lot of people know me, (laughs) but I also didn't want to make a big deal of it. And so I had, um, and this is like, you know, but you figure out what you want to share, but I posted this picture and it was, um, some, uh, personal photographs that I got done by this awesome photographer, very moody. And I had this like long gown on and I was laying against this like ladder and I had no ring on my left hand. And I had actually posted it when I first got them taken, 
but I was just like, yay, look at me, you know, like whatever. It was a regular Facebook post. But this time around, to go to your Hemingway point, I just posted it with a hashtag, no um, naked left hand. That mm. was it. And it was like, and then everyone looked at the hand and I was like, oh, you know, so I didn't need to say anything more, you know, but I, I felt like acknowledging that point. I wanted to tell that story and I told it with one hashtag. Mm -hmm. So I think it really depends. Um, you know, you don't want to be that annoying person online. You want to figure out like what is in it for them, um, while still being authentic. I think everyone has a different level of, um, vulnerability that they're comfortable with. And, um, like I said earlier, you have to stand strong in it so that you don't make their readers uncomfortable or you don't sound like you're whining or complaining or negative or off putting all the time. Does that mm -hmm. answer your question? hundred percent. Absolutely. I love your perspective on all that. Um, I went through that 12 years ago, uh, an unexpected divorce and how that shook my life. And now 12 years later, I'm in the most incredible headspace and heart space. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and, and to be able to share that with people, you know, I just posted the other day, like I've noticed this trend right now of a lot of people close to me are either going through a separation or a divorce and it, and it breaks my heart for them. Whatever reason that they're in it, it just breaks my heart for them. And I, and I just, and I just shared that. And I said, if you're going through that, you are not alone. You yeah. are loved. You are not a failure. Like whatever you're thinking, know that, that I love you and you can yeah. reach out to me or my wife and we can talk to you because we've both been through it on, on separate sides. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to connect with people like that and tell my story in a way, um, it's just, it is. And so that's beautiful. Like you just saying that gave me chills, you know, and people reading that are going to know like, oh, he's the safe place or he gets me. They're going to feel more connected to you because you were vulnerable or strong enough to put that out there. But you were also making it about them. You were creating, as Brene Brown would say, that safe place to get mm -hmm. curious, you know? Yeah. And um, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It doesn't mean that you have to be like, okay, on October 4th, I did this and then we got a divorce and he said this and she said that. And that, like, there's so many right. different ways to tell a story. That's right. beautiful. Yeah. So, so you're obviously very good at telling stories. Everything is sunshine and rainbows in your storytelling career. You're obviously the best at it. Um, I imagine, <laughs> I imagine you've got some challenges though. What's your biggest challenge when thinking about storytelling? Um, getting my head to turn off because I'm constantly telling myself and I've said it a couple times in this podcast and then I'll be quiet. Like <laughs> I always feel like, cause I mean, and maybe this is like inner child work or whatever, but my parents are always like, stop talking. <laughs> like stop talking. I, um, I was the kid who would, um, get out my cassette tape and play like DJ Dan coming to you now live at, like, I just loved the microphone mm -hmm. and my, um, and I was always talking. And, um, so I, I think that like, I have these tapes in my head that I'm constantly trying to silence or reframe, um, or reprogram. And it's that I'm talking too much or I'm going on too long. Um, I'm always unsure of how long to drag the story out or how short to make it or, Oh, maybe I made it too short because I, I wanted to, I didn't want to take up too much time. You know, I, I have a, I had that, that part's hard for me. And, um, and that's a really good question, <laughs> but yeah, that's, I, I'm not sure. And I think once you, I, I'm not a fan of that whole, like, okay, I'm going to have these three main, you know, life stories 
like, yeah, maybe the topics, but I think the way that you tell them, you can't get too robotic about it and doing it all the time. You have to go there in a way. So I'm not sure, um, yeah. but it's definitely that self-doubt in my head. I have it all the time, all day long. So, uh, so self-doubt, I hadn't even thought of labeling it that until you just said that. And that is such a huge thing for, I think, so many storytellers. Um, so I, I know you've been a guest on Maiden Voyage podcast with Impulse Creative. Um, and they were just talking about that a little bit, actually, in their upcoming episode that I happened to watch for proofing um, about, you know, the, the, the shit we had to stop doing in 2020 as women. And, and I say we because that's what they said. But like, I, f- I feel the same thing, though. Like, I have to stop telling myself I'm not good enough. Yeah, I can only I can only imagine, based on my on my viewings of their show, how often women face it. But I yeah. feel like it's also something that that certainly men face. Storytellers of all kinds face. So that's that's huge. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking though, as you were saying that, that um, <clears throat> figuring out how to how to make your points, how to do that, how to tell the story differently each time. It feels almost like a musician. Yeah, you know, I I, I love love music, love music, and a great musician, a great band seems to play their hit songs a little bit differently each time. Yeah. Right. Change a little bit of the words, do a, a yeah. slight key change, do it faster, whatever. And yeah. like, I think that's the same thing with storytelling, whether it's from the stage, whether it's a, a writing, as you tell your stories, figure out ways to kind of make it almost like a jazz quartet or something, you know? Anyway. I love that imagery. Um, that's beautiful. It absolutely is. And, yeah. and I think back to my mentor too, and, how I've heard a lot of his stories the same time, but each time I would hear like the same presentation, just, you know, a different, like, you know, title on it. Um, I would still feel just as excited when I left because of, it wasn't necessarily about the story. It was about like the journey that he took Mm -hmm. us on, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's interesting because you can hear the same story, almost the exact same way and hear something different out of it each time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. you've mentioned, you've mentioned faith your a couple of times. Perspective is different. Like your, your perspective of life, like what you're right. going through, how you're feeling that day yeah. is totally different. Your empathy is, yeah. is different. I mean, like on the day that I have my child is going to be different than a day that I don't have my child, you know, like right. <laughs> right. my head's just different. <laughs> yep. Yep. Especially as a single parent, seeing her come and go, I I've had to battle that with with one of, one of my daughters, um, yeah. even to, even to this day, when she goes to her mom's, it's hard for me. So yeah, that your headspace is totally different. And, and, uh, you know, you mentioned faith a couple of times and every time I go back and I read certain passages in the Bible, I'm a very faith focused guy too. Yeah. And every time I go back to the Bible, it tells me something different each time. It, it really is a living thing. So I think story yeah. can be that too. And, and if we understand that as storytellers, it's even more yeah. powerful. Yeah. That's so good. Um, so what does making it look like for you as a storyteller? You said earlier you want to be in a stadium full of people. So I, I picture mm-hmm. that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at what point can you look around and go, man, I really feel like I've made it. Not that you want to stop and rest on your laurels. I get that. Yep. But, but, or have you already looked around and gone, man, I can't believe I'm here. I feel like I'm, I'm making it right now. What does that look like for you, Bella? Yeah. Um, mm. I think once I make it, I always have another make it, you know? Um, uh, in 2017, was it? 2017? I was at Social Media Marketing World and I was back in my hotel room uh, in my robe changing for, um, or like taking my hair down and doing a costume change, I call it, for the <laughs> nighttime parties. 
And I went live because I had talked to my mentor there and I was just so moved and I needed to just <laughs> verbally, you know, throw up somewhere. I, I wanted a witness. And I just said, you know, I don't know how, but I finally come through this thing with my daughter. I'm finally getting back on track. I feel like I'm waking up. I want to start speaking. I want to start impacting lives. And the reason why I want to speak is because I could speak to people all day long and I've been doing that for a decade with coaching. And I know that when I can speak one to many, I have that much more uh, ability to affect more change, the masses, which is ultimately why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it to be like, hey, look at me, which right. is really important because there's a lot of people that do do that. Um, I mean, I will still work wearing my sparkly skirt on stage because I want my pictures <laughs> to look good, but I am doing it to make an impact on others' lives. And, um, and I sat there and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And it was really emotional. And um, that next couple months, I started my bellavasta.com. I started my first speaking reel and I didn't really have any like speaking stages on video to use in that. So that's why we did a lot of my story and my why that you saw. Um, I knew that I probably needed some accolades and one of them was right in that book, which I wouldn't do again. Um, but I also, you know, just reached out to my network because I'm sure a lot of your listeners know it's not like Forbes just comes up to you and they're like, Hey, I want to write an article on you, Dan. <laughs> no, it's don't. like, yo, who do I know in my network who writes for Forbes? Who do I know in my network who writes for Huffington Post? Who do I know in my network who writes or has a connection to entrepreneur? And so you work those connections, you pitch them stories, you get them to write about you. And so I was like, all right, and I'm working on trying to get on stages and I'm going to just start applying everywhere possible. And I'm going to throw this out there. But in the meantime, I'm going to do all of this foundational stuff that makes my speaking resume look good because I know I'm going to need it. I didn't know where I was going at the time. And then yes, through other people's eyes, they're like, wow. Um, one conference um, person, uh, conference organizer just said, you could be on the Bella trajectory. And I was like, what? Like it, I was, I don't see myself the way other people see it. And, but I have been very blessed to, to grace a lot of stages in the past couple um, years now, I'm not done because I would like to make it a lot more of my income. So if there's any uh, conference <laughs> organizers listening, wink, yes. wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, but, and I love to speak about like leadership and sales. Um, I'm speaking a lot about building online communities and Facebook groups right now, but leadership and sales is like really where my heart is. Um, but I feel like you're never done. Um, I, but I feel like you should celebrate at the different, um, what do they call them on mountains? Like the different peaks, the different, yeah, you know, uh, different milestones, peaks and valleys. Yeah. Like I, I don't believe that we celebrate enough. So definitely take time to celebrate. But I think that, um, you always need to be learning. You always need to be growing or you're dying. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would love to, you know, I, I'm going to say I, and I don't want to sound like I'm being conceited, but I will st speak in a stadium at some point in my life. Mm -hmm. And when that's done, I don't know. It'll be, maybe it'll be a TV show. I don't know yet. Like, and, and, and I'm okay with that too, because I think going back to my faith, if God were to just pull back the curtain and reveal my entire life and everything that I am meant to be here to do, I would mess it up because it's, it's, I couldn't consume all of that. Right. So he gives it to me in these little bite sizes and it's my duty to use 
what I feel is my God-given gift to just go for it. And, and, and every failure, I say this about the people I do coach and in my mastermind, I say like, give me 15 minutes and I can tell you if you're going to catapult or you're going to be stuck in the same place in a few years. And it's the way that you deal with failure. You know, do you embrace it or do you, are you afraid of failing, you know, and do you mm-hmm. feel bad every time something doesn't work out or are you invigorated by it? You know, I'm invigorated by it. Like I love failing. Um, <laughs> sound weird, but so I don't know. Um, I don't know what it, only God knows. Yeah. Sorry, that's a very long answer, but it's, it's, it's very complex for me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fun to unpack. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel like there's a lot in there that I, that resonates with me. Things yeah. that are different from what I, what I see. So it's interesting to hear a different perspective. I, I love that. Um, so I'm going to get to my last question here in just a minute, but I want to make sure those um, conference planners and other people have a place to connect with you. Where, so I'll put links in the show notes for sure, but do you have a central place you send everybody to? Go here first, always here. Yeah, I mean, it's really my website, bellavasta.com. Um, and then I'm bellavasta on IG if you really want to get to know who I am. Um, that's been a little hard for me because I, you know, I have this pet thing, the pet coaching, um, and I have the speaking. And my IG really is me. Like, you're going to get me. Like, I am who I am online, and you probably could attest to this, is who I am in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's really just bellavasta.com, and it can tell you a lot about me there. Perfect. We'll put that out there and uh, Thank you. have people connect with you. So Bella, yeah. now that I've convinced you that you are a storyteller and you own that label, if I were to then say you can no longer be a storyteller, uh, you got to find something different to do. What would your last story be that you'd want to like, okay, here, I can leave this story. Now I can go do something else. <laughs> What's the story I'm leaving? Um, I would still be helping people somehow. Um, I was, still, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I ever not could be that. I like, I, it would be like muzzling like a dog. Like I'd still be like under the muzzle, like, <laughs> like, I, I don't think it's possible if I understand yeah. your question correctly. Yeah. Um, That's, yeah. I just, I, I couldn't, I, I have this, my parents used to call it um, MYOB. They acronymed my, me, mind your own business, mm-hmm. which is why my podcast is Bella in your business. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm always, I'm nosy. I'm curious. And I, I want to help people. Um, I can't always help them. Sometimes I'm too passionate. Sometimes I'm too forceful. Sometimes I'm, um, I've been called too powerful. I don't really understand that, but I, I understand how it could be like intimidating to some people mm-hmm. who aren't ready because I, I come in with a, a strong force but it's all with a happy heart and, um, and a servient spirit. So, I mean, um, I mean, I'm not a NICU mom anymore, so that story is over, but my story, our stories are always evolving. They're Mm -hmm. always evolving. And it's our duty to be awake and acknowledge it. And I think talk to other people in our life. Like I said, you know, Oh wow. I didn't really see myself as a storyteller through talking with you. Okay. Yeah, maybe I am. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a great, that's a great story to leave behind because it's just <laughs> not done. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and you, you are, so I'm going to use Jackie's words. Uh, you are extra, but in the best <laughs> way possible in the best yeah. way possible, Bella, I, I really appreciate you taking time to tell your story on the storytellers network and just being a part of my, my sphere. So Thank you Thanks again. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. 
Once again, thank you so much, Bella Vasta. What an incredible conversation. I appreciate all of my guests and I just can't get enough of these great conversations. Now you can connect with Bella at the links in the show notes where she mentioned bellavasta.com and others. Uh, And if you enjoyed the episode, please consider sharing it with someone who could benefit from it. Maybe someone who owns a business or someone who just needs to hear Bella's story. Uh, I I really appreciate that. And if you really, really enjoyed it, remember to go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your shows. Uh, Hey, let's change the world through story together, shall we? If you want to share your story with me, go to the storytellersnetwork.com for contact information or just email me, dan at the storytellersnetwork.com. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey in this episode. Until next time, here's to telling our stories and having those stories to tell. Cheers. Cheers.